This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Indoors or out, summer, fall, winter, and spring. Whatever you garden, wherever you garden. This is the show that covers it all. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's. Grow the world you want with help from Scott's. And good morning, Frank Proctor here, the sous chef. Uh, actually, I'm taking on another duty now. I am fanning Her Majesty <laughs> because the, the studio where we work, Charlie and I, uh, it's it's really kind of warm in it's, here. Um, and where Grace, yes, sauna like, and Grace on the other side there, who is answering the phones, uh, she's freezing. Yeah, I think so, so. We've got the door partially open. Yeah, we'll hope so, that. Uh, yeah. We can anyway. Uh, so, good morning. And to you. And a beautiful day, huh? Oh, another beautiful day. How oh. many beautiful days have we just had? Well, in a row? I think uh, this whole past week has been spectacular. No it really kidding. has. And yeah. all weekend's going to be lovely. Yep. So, yep. great one to be outside in the garden. Absolutely. And if you have any questions or suggestions, yeah, we take them all here. Charlie Dobbin Garden Show from AM 740 Zoomer Radio, 416 360. 0740 for those in Toronto and anywhere else in the province it's toll free 1-866-740-4740 okay Charlie I have a whole list of goodies there you've got I for us always have a I whole list know. of cool things to Can't share stop with you, you. No. but the first one I just want to do you even know this I mean you sh- probably do because you show after this is all about what's on yeah did you know that today is the uh, day of the honeybee oh gosh Son of a bee, I didn't know that. You didn't know that. Well, all right, so I'm glad I'm sharing that with you. (laughs) Today is, has been proclaimed, Day of the Honeybee, and it's all to do with us appreciating honeybees. Well, I get I get hives just thinking about it. I was going to say, don't, no, you got to <laughs> yeah, just okay. like get a twist on this yes. because remember the way it all works is that you know everybody takes pollination for granted. We take bees for granted and have for since you know but the beginnings they, of agriculture. Yeah, but of course, as we know, uh, in the last three or four years, as much as thirty percent of the honeybee population has been dying over the winter, uh, and it's only because of a, a serious scramble on the part of the breeders to breed more queens every year that we even have honeybees at this point. Wow, hey, if we don't, we're in big trouble. So here's this. One in every three bites of human food depends on pollination. One in every three bites of human food. And in nature, 75% of all flowering plants depend on pollinators Uh for fertilization, which of course is not only bees, but it's butterflies, moths, flies, beetles, and birds. So, uh, you know, this is a billion dollars worldwide. Oh, sorry, a billion dollars to Canadian farmers. And globally, that's an estimated $400 billion each year in agriculture and forestry products that rely on pollination. Wow. So beyond the farm, of course, then there's the central role of pollinators in sustaining plant life. And soon you're connecting bugs and birds with the maintenance of the plant's water, oxygen, and carbon dioxide. So something to think about. And today we... How can we preserve the honeybee? We hail the honeybee. We hail the honeybee. Okay. 
how can we, what can we do to support honeybees? Yeah. When we're gardening and we're planting and we're thinking about plants to include mm-hmm. in our gardens, we can remember to include plants which are, are, will feed the pollinators, meaning plants with high nectar content, uh, mixed crops, if you will, yeah, yeah. avoid mm-hmm. monoculture where possible. Um, remember as well water. All the insects need water, and don't be afraid to have water available to them, whether it's a little trickling fountain or a bird bath that you replenish every couple of days. Um, you know, shelter obviously sprays. We don't want to go out there and spray everything that moves. We don't have that ability anymore. Mm-hmm. But but don't be afraid of bees, I think, is the main thing. Don't be afraid of, afraid of anything that flies. Assume it's good unless proven otherwise <laughs> <laughs> is my, my feeling. Uh, so yeah, I just thought that was kind of interesting to share, just because it's uh, something well, to that's think great. about, no, right? I, I didn't, I didn't know that. Well, there you go, and that actually leads into makes me think of something that I think you will be talking about on your show later, which is the Doors Open Toronto oh, events yeah. that are going on all weekend, today yep. and tomorrow. Um, Toronto Botanical Gardens is mm-hmm. open and happy to have visitors come through and see, uh, experience all the neat things they got going on there. What's blooming, for example, learn about pollination and pollinators. Uh, the other great place to check out if you're anywhere in the area of uh, the Evergreen Brickworks, which is in the Don Valley. Uh, they're open and excited to have visitors in. And the, the Farmer's Market, is it today or tomorrow the Farmer's Market opens? I think oh, it's today. Yeah, I I've think it's it today. Written it's down today. somewhere. So it's that's a cool place to go. Now, no, both it's of, tomorrow. Pardon yeah, me, okay, it is okay. tomorrow. Both of these places have limited parking, mm-hmm. and both of them highly recommend that you use public transit or bicycles if you can to get to uh, out to them. Um, the only... I'm trying to think of anything else that's like seriously happening today. Um, those are probably the biggest thing. The other thing is remember the, the garden tours that are happening. Toronto Botanical Gardens every year hosts a garden tour, and I go on it every year. I love this. Uh, it's a Through the Garden Gate, it's called. And this year it's the beach that is being oh. showcased. Uh, 26 private gardens are uh, going to be open mm-hmm. to the public on a two-day, through, for a two-day weekend. Of course, it's always Father's Day weekend. It's a bit tough sometimes for people to get out. So Saturday, June 19th, and Sunday, June 20th, 20th between 11 and 4 so <clears throat> five short hours to see 26 gardens is pretty tough Mwah. but they have buses yeah. and they have <laughs> scoot uh, you around master gardeners in the yeah. gardens to help answer questions and uh, I tell you it's very hard you can never see all of them but it's very fun because I love getting into people's backyards <laughs> I know you do and sometimes with permission that, it's really I was going to say it's always best with permission <laughs> <laughs> and, and I'm, I'm one of the old diehards I can't say the beach it's the, know, beaches the beaches to me I, I don't know maybe I'm just uh, no, no. Uh, I would have said the beaches, too. I yeah. had it typed out as the beach. Okay. <laughs> Don't worry. She only reads what's written, folks. Uh, Speaking of which, one more yes. thing to Uh-oh. read. Uh, the, uh, with this kind of spring we've had, one of the questions I'm being asked most is how to deal with the aches and stiffness that come from a long day working in the garden. People have heard me recommend Sierra Sil Joint Formula 14, and they want to know if it really works. Well, let me tell you, based on my family experience, it does. And this is an all-natural mineral supplement which comes with a no-questions-asked, full money-back guarantee. There's no excuse for living with those aches even one day longer. Call 877-JOINT-14 right now to try Sierra Sil. That's 877 877- Joint 14. This is the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, your exclusive source for gardening advice, sponsored by Scott's, makers of EcoSense Natural Lawn Fertilizer. If El Martino were here right now, 
he would be saying, Nothing's as pretty as Mary in the morning. Mary in Pickering. <laughs> you do love to yeah, sing, don't you? I know. You? You're such an entertainer. <laughs> Hi, Mary. Good morning to you. Hi, how are you? Fine, thank I you. I love your show. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I was given a cyclamen plant as a gift two weeks ago, and the leaves are turning yellow. It's absolutely beautiful. It's blooming. Um, what can I do to stop this, uh, the leaves from turning yellow? Probably stop watering it. Oh, Okay. And that's that's what usually causes cyclamen to start to turn yellow earlier than they should. The trick is that inside the pot is a something called a corm, and it's the the root from which the plant grows, and it's almost shaped like a cup, with the with the cup facing up. If you water a cyclamen in the top of the pot, like we so often do, into the top surface of the soil, water will collect right at that that central point, and the little corm can start to rot and you will have yellowing of leaves and the whole plant will collapse on you. So the trick is keep it as cool as you can, water only from the bottom via a saucer at the bottom, only when it's dry and and the cool part is important. Don't have it in bright a bright sunny window or anything like that. You want it in sort of maybe a little morning sun, eastern window would be fine or a bright spot in your home, but cool the cooler the temperature, the longer the cyclamen will last. Oh, wonderful. Okay. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank have you. a great day in Pickering where I, I presume it's just as nice as it is downtown Toronto here. Mm-hmm. Um, the time is 9:16. You are listening to AM 740 Zoomer Radio, the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. Where next we travel out east to Scarborough. Say hi to Ennis. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Charlie, I would like to ask you about the uh, ornamental garlic. Mm-hmm. I've had this in for years. And you know, whenever it flowers, then after that the leaves start turning brown and mm-hmm. die down. Mm-hmm. Now this year, the leaves came up beautifully mm-hmm. and all of a sudden the tips turned yellow mm-hmm. and the whole thing has collapsed. Died. Hmm. It's just dead. I just pulled the leaves off yesterday. Did you see any flowers at all? No, not one bud. Has anything changed in terms of water drainage in your garden? or Not, not to my knowledge. You know what? The reason I'm asking is because what we're, what we're talking about is, well, you refer to it as ornamental garlic. It's actually an ornamental onion is the more yeah. common term. Yeah. It's an yeah. allium. Uh-huh. Lovely, lovely bulb. It's a summer flowering bulb. Yeah. Kind of a lily type leaf, daylily type yes, leaf, but na- the, sli- the big globe purple flowers yeah. stand up above the leaves. Now, in the heat, this is, we're having a very funny year, unfortunately. Isn't it weird? This yeah, because mine came up fine. And normally, if it's cool and normal temperatures, we would have, you know, I think our average temperature now should be down in the teens mm. rather than in the 30s. So, um, my uh, ornamental onion flowers have gone from bright purple to being completely toast in about 48 hours because of the heat. They just, they aren't lasting. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering, is there any possibility that they came up and went down that fast and you just didn't see them? No, the leaves were nicely up and then all of a sudden one day they were sort of drooping and then the ends turned yellow or brown and just dried up. Well, well, we know that the leaves will turn yellow. That's very natural and normal. But but after flowering. Yes, that's right. And also it usually takes a good month or so for that to happen. Yes, yes. Is it super dry in there? Have you watered at all in that I bed? I have watered. You have or you haven't? Should I dig them up? <clears throat> well, you could dig up one and, and see, see what's what going happened. on. Yeah. I think, see, the two things that hurt bulbs, really the only one thing that hurts bulbs, is too much water. Mm-hmm. They will rot under right. the ground. 
um, turning yellow suddenly like that almost sounds like, you know, something happened. Uh, somebody yeah. emptied a swimming pool into your into your allium bed and, you know, rotted them sort of overnight. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like that happened. But And it hasn't rained, so it's not that. You didn't get the big thunderstorms, but even no, that. No, no rain at all. so dry. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was going to say, if you've watered and maybe left water on longer than, you know, you should have, it could have caused just a real quick uh, quick demise of the plant. So, yes, I'd recommend go out. Find, you can see where they are by the leaves. Dig one up and see what the status yeah. of the bulb is. See if I it's could. firm and healthy yeah. or if it's mush. If it's mush, yeah, it's history. But yeah. if it's got firmness to it, then it's still something to put back in the ground. Just let it go through the yellowing of the leaves and the dying down and watch for it next year. Yeah. Can I ask you about the flowering almond, too? Unfortunately, no. It's a, a, a my sous chef. The, the mantra. The <laughs> mantra. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. But it's a crazy summer. What should come it up sure in, is. in June is flowering now. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's a crazy, crazy summer. So do call back, though. Don't hesitate to call mm. back. We're here and we're happy to answer your questions. Okay. The mantra that I neglected to mention. Indeed. Thank you. I was going to say, uh, yes. as, as a sous chef, that's I part know, of your my, job. My job. Phone numbers, uh, email Call early, call often. One question per call. Phone numbers. <laughs> thank you for reminding me. Uh, in Toronto, 416-360-0740. Anywhere else in the province, 1-866-740-4740. We'll be back in just a moment to say hi in uh, to Vivian in Burlington after these words. Need gardening advice? You've come to the right place. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, the makers of miracle Grow. Hi, Frank Proctor. On behalf of Grace, our producer, saying good morning to you on a beautiful Saturday morning. And speaking of Scott's, yes. I just want everybody to realize that we have a special guest joining us in about five minutes or so. Glenn Martin will be on the show. He is the Scott's marketing director, and he's going to give us some updates about lawn care. We'd be gone, yeah. I was going to say, we'd be gone. You remember last week, we had a lot of questions and a lot of excitement about that. We'd be gone. So Glenn's going to give us the, the latest, most updated information on what's available and where it's available and how it works. Okie dokie. Uh, Vivian on the line there from Burlington. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Good morning, uh, Charlie. I have a question on mold. Mm-hmm. I I have quite a little bit of mold in certain areas on my flower beds. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if it's okay, okay to cultivate it in. It, when you say mold, do you mean, is it green? Is it moss or is it mold? Well, it's, it's, it's a mossy. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is, it's a green fuzz on the surface of the soil. That's right. Okay, so what we know when we see moss growing on the surface of the soil is a couple of things. One, we know is that it's quite shady in that area. It's uh, also yes, it is. quite moist. But not a lot of shade, but, but there is shade. Well, it's shady enough that it allows the, the couple of things, like I said, me, have to happen for moss to grow. One is moisture. <clears throat> excuse me. One is moisture. One is shade. And the other is a pH below neutral, so a slightly acidic pH. It could be due to the moisture because I have a sprinkler system, mm-hmm. and uh, that goes every other day. Mm-hmm. And that maybe I never had it any other years until this time, and now since I've had the sprinkler system, it started to appear. Right, so it's a brand new installed uh, irrigation system. Uh, it's a sprinkler system in the ground. Right, but you uh, is it's new this year? Yes. Last oh. year, actually, it was put in. Okay. Yeah. When the people installed it, did they show you how to program the system? Oh, it's all programmed. 
Yes, it is. But it needs to be reprogrammed. (laughs) When you've got areas in the garden that are getting too much moisture and things like moss are growing, then we need to do some just, you know, it's a little bit of fine tuning on the programming. Well, actually, the program is programmed to do the the complete uh, uh, property. Yes. And it will be set up in different zones and it will come on for certain periods of time. And excuse me, based on the zone number, we there's no reason why every zone has to come on for 20 minutes or half an hour. We can have some zones come on for 45 minutes when they're out in the hot, windy, dry areas. And in the shadier, lower areas of our garden, that zone can come on for 10 minutes or not at all. Right. So it's a, it's a tweaking of the programming. And it sounds to me like it, because this is such a new system, you obviously have the contact information of the people who installed it. Oh, yeah. I would call them and ask them to but come. They just to, came uh, and uh, set it up again uh, sure. for me in, in the spring. Sure. Because they do that. They, they and that's that great. Spring and fall. Yes. Because we need to empty all the water out in the fall that's and right. then they turn it all back on and check oh, yes. all the lines in the spring, which is great. So you've got a relationship going on with them. Just call them up and say, look, you know, I need some help to having this reprogrammed. So can somebody swing by my house and do exactly like, let's walk my garden, let's look at what's going on, and let's reprogram based on what I really need in my garden. There's no reason in the world to be putting too much water in some areas and not enough in others when you've got a system that can do it right down to the second. Well, actually, this is going to be very hard to explain to them because the system, I mean, is programmed uh, that it covers the whole area to the same amount. That's right. And it's only on for certain lengths of time. But just I mean, how can they possibly do it or not just pick out where it goes on certain beds? Oh, because they they know. Um, yeah, so it won't actually be that hard to explain to them. Just like you explained it to me, they know the system even better than I know it. And they know exactly which zone covers which area of the garden. So in in depending on the size of your yard, it could be four zones all the way up to 14 zones. So they know which, which area is which zone, and they can set up the irrigation better so that the water is being applied better. And don't, don't worry, just call them. They, I'm sure they can help you. Um, I can't obviously help you over the phone with something like that. Or if you have somebody in your family. But, you know, what? I call the, the company. It's so new. They need to see the garden, see how it's coming together, and modify the programming. That's all but it is. But these molds um, at the moment, can they, is it okay to cultivate it into the soil? Yes, it is. That's no harm. No, no harm at all. But remember, more moss will grow unless you change the conditions. Yeah. So you need less water. I see. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much. And, and enjoy, yeah, enjoy a sunny Burlington this morning. See, that's Nine twenty-seven. about the time. irrigation mm-hmm. systems. Yeah. Love them and hate them. Right. Love the convenience. Love the theoretically they should work perfectly and just put the right amount of water in the right places and be actually water saving tools. But they don't see what's going on at that particular moment. No, it's all based on the programming. And unfortunately, I hate to say this, I don't want to you know slam anybody, but the the reality is is that when these these machines, when these systems are installed. They're often installed by people that kind of set every zone to 20 minutes and walk away. 
You know, it's like 20 minutes, 20 minutes, 20 minutes. Well, guess what? The lawn is okay with 20 minutes, but the maple tree I just planted wants a lot more than 20 minutes. Right. And clearly yeah. Vivian's garden needs a lot less than 20 minutes because she's growing moss, which she doesn't really want to grow. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, it's they, there has to be some fine-tuning, and people don't be afraid to call back. Gee, I never realized that about a lawn sprinkling system that had various zones. You know, Absolutely. I didn't, yeah, well, you I didn't don't have enough pressure that. in your lines to have your whole uh, it Please, all on at once. Please, that's rather personal. Okay. <laughs> you Nine, take that I, think, <laughs> I think think I'm going to switch topics right now. Uh, you're listening to the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin here at AM740. I'm Frank Proctor along for the ride, and of course Grace is the first voice you hear when answering the phones. And we do have a special guest. Glenn Martin is joining us. Glenn, are you there? I'm here. Hi, Glenn. How are you doing? Excellent. How are you? Good. Good morning. Nice and sunny at your house? Perfect. Perfect day. Perfect day, but a uh, little lack of rain, don't you think? Yeah, we could do with a good uh, good shower. I think the, the lawns uh, are starting to... Starting to look a little weathered, so if you haven't uh, if you haven't watered yet, it's a time. good time to, to to get some water down. It is because I'll tell you, my lawn. It was just you know you walk on the lawn in the Crinkly. heat of the day. Well, the <laughs> color changes. the The vibrancy has gone out of the lawns, and it just lies flat. And you yeah, know you'll, it's you'll bone it dry. It's amazing though how quick it'll come back. Though this is yep. what, what always is, amazes people with lawns. You know, uh, with you know a little bit of water and. Uh, Perks right uh, up. It uh, perks back up pretty quick. Here, you want to hear a funny story, though? I My lawn hadn't been fertilized in a while, so I went to my local store and picked up, believe it or not, a bag of Turf Builder and brought it home, put it on my lawn. It's about a month ago or so, put it on. Well, the funny thing is, is that my next-door neighbor and I, um, his lawn meets a tiny strip of my lawn and then my driveway. So when I was fertilizing, I fertilized sort of my strip. But then, of course, <laughs> I didn't go on to his front lawn. You should see the difference. It's so dramatic. He came to, he knocked on my door like yesterday and he goes, what did you put on your lawn? Mine looks so and, bad. And thanks for showing me up. <laughs> exactly. There's like dark green strip running right down yeah. where I fertilize, and his is like looks yellow compared to mine. It's just perfect photo, right? It's like you'd think it was airbrushed if I took a photo of it. It's so dramatic. So I brought him in the garage. I go, "This is what you want to buy." Showed him the bag, wrote it all out for him. So he went off to the store to buy some. Excellent. Well, <laughs> good time. You mean have me on today because it's it's. Where we're really trying to promote sort of it's time to feed a second time, which is which is a step that a lot of people you know, don't do. I mean, they're good getting it down in the spring and, and they're ready to do it in the fall, um, not recognizing that uh, you know it, it needs to be fed throughout the season. And, and right now is perfect time get your second feeding down. And although the, the you know with the if rain the heat comes, and the strout, yeah. uh, heat and stress, it starts to look a little beaten down. You mm. can you can get a fertilizer down that uh, will will help. You know, prepare the lawn and and mm -hmm. get it through the hot summer stress and mm -hmm. and and the stress of insects and things like that. And and, and it's. Would you, know. you recommend turf builder at this time? Well, yeah, I think that our, our our turf builder can be used all throughout mm -hmm. the season. And, and what what makes it really good for this time of year as well? It's it's not a it's not one that needs to be watered in at all. So mm -hmm. it breaks down with the microbes of the soil. So the fact that it's it's hot and and it's mm -hmm. dry, um, that fertilizer can go down. Um, and it's still going to be effective. And, and once you do get rain or, or watering down, yeah. it is an amazing transformation. You'll see that perk up oh, yeah. within uh, one or two days. 
And you'll be out there having with your scythe to, to mow, <laughs> <laughs> probably, because it grows like stink when you put that on. <laughs> but, and there's another one that's uh, more, see, Turf Builder is a synthetic, and it, it's really, it's like magic. Whereas, the, what's the one called, the EcoSense, the natural, yeah, from so natural we, sources? We've got a, you know, for those that want a natural term, we've got EcoSense uh, natural lawn fertilizer. Right. So, you know, it works on the same principle. Sure. It's just uh, natural forms of, the, uh, of nitrogen and, and potassium. And it won't, but it won't be quite as dramatic, will it? It won't. Like no, it, it takes it takes a little a more feeding. Slower and, and, release. Yeah. Um, whereas we're, you know, about every eight weeks on a synthetic fertilizer, you may have to do it every six weeks during the course of the main growing season, mm-hmm. and then it'll eventually uh, it'll catch up, and uh, you, you'll you'll still have you know fast green up, but you know just a. Just takes a little more effort than the synthetic, right? You know, that's me. I'm the lazy gardener, right? That's why I went for turf builder. I was looking for instant, but you know, the best thing is, is that you know, obviously the lawn grows and gets real perky and green, but it also it has a tendency to outgrow the weeds in a situation like that. Well, yeah, we, exactly. We, you know, we talk about uh, between overseeding, mm-hmm. you know, applying grass seed mm-hmm. right now as well with with some top dressing and then mm-hmm. fertilizing because you there's can still get your time thick. Right, um, and and it really does, you know, compete or, or overcompete and, yeah. and not allow those weeds to get established. Because even though it feels like July now, it's not too late to put grass seed down. Oh, is no, it? It's perfect time. It I mean, is still. To, yeah. to be quite honest, a lot of people put it on, and my, myself guilty as charged, earlier than typically you would because we had that that string, and then it cooled down, right. which sort of put uh, those who put grass seed on real early sort of put it into a bit of a hibernation. So mm-hmm. right now, where you get a string of you know two or three weeks of, you know, plus 70 degree weather is just absolutely ideal to get the seed down. Right, as long as you can keep it moist. Keep it moist. Uh, and uh, because it's still spring. I mean, it feels like July, but it is yeah, only right. May. Yeah. It's, right? Uh, There's nothing wrong with putting grass seed down and still planting, right? Yeah, it's, it's uh, we've been spoiled this year, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's been a fantastic start to the season and then, and it and it continues on. Okay, so speaking about fantastic, tell us about Weed Be Gone. Or yeah. first off, were you you weren't listening last week, were you? I heard I had some people in our office were talking about the, uh, the quest for Weed Be Gone. Apparently, <laughs> on the Charlie Dobbins. Yeah, show. it was <laughs> hilarious. We just had calls coming in from all over Ontario saying it's you know two dollars off at such and such a store, <laughs> and there's ten bottles on the shelf. And you know, it was like all these like updates on Weed Be Gone last week. So tell us about what's going on with that. It's it's, it's been it's been an amazing. Uh, Launch. I mean, I've been in 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 this business for eighteen plus years, and I've never seen anything like this in terms of a a customer response. Mm-hmm. So uh, it hit the it hit the shelves uh, basically a week ago, or a week and a little bit, right. and um, it didn't even really sold get out almost uh, immediately yeah. with it by the end of the week. So there's a, a second wave of inventory going out next week. There's still some stores around that have it. Okay. Um, you just got to look around, but all, all the you know, basically everyone who sells Scott's products, you know, has access to the product. Mm-hmm. So it may you may have to at least this weekend you may have to look around a bit. But there's okay. still there's still product out there, and there'll be more coming in probably in about another seven to ten days. Okay. But uh, great response. <laughs> I mean, if you go on the on the internet, people have been trying it themselves because there's obviously skepticism sure. over a, a new product like this and. Uh, and I think, you know, once people have tried it and they're getting these responses of, you know, they're seeing what weed's dying in one or two, three days, um, it's pretty amazing. They're happy. 
When Charlie first mentioned to me that you were going to be calling in this morning, Glenn, the uh, first thing I thought of was the boardroom at your place at Scott's <laughs> and a big chart there with an arrow going straight up, you know, with the sales <laughs> of Weed Begone. I just knew it was going to be a hot one. Yeah, yeah, no yeah, question. It's been, it's, it's been pretty exciting to be to be involved with. So your biggest challenge right now is keeping it on the shelves. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's every bottle we make. It's, it's interesting. I, you know, all friends and family sort of hitting me up. For I was going to say they're I, phoning you. I can't, even, I can't even get a case for myself to uh, to give around. It's, it's, it's that hot of a commodity. So you've discovered so, more relatives than yeah, you knew you had. Rolling yeah. Stones tickets or something. It's hilarious. So, all right. So, a cu- couple of questions about Weed Be Gone because, frankly, I haven't been given a bottle either, so I haven't tried it. <laughs> but um, well, we'll make sure you'll get one next week. Oh, okay, that'd be good. So, tell me about is it when you use weed begone does temperature matter outside temperature is could it be too cold or too hot to use uh, weed begone? Well, i mean if it, if it is too hot like any sort of herbicide if you're into yeah. the, the 30 plus degrees or high you know yeah. you really shouldn't use it because you could get scorching uh but typically uh you know you know the temperatures that you know up to you know in the, into the high 70s low 80s right. are fine right. um and it actually works works pretty well in, in cool temperatures, whereas some of the traditional herbicides, once it got too cool, they would be ineffective. Right, because the plants so had to be actively down, growing. But it, but it still can be used, you know, you, you know, I was using it out at when it was plus four, plus five. Uh-huh. And so seeing a, a result. wide range of temperatures that it'll operate under. That's good. Okay, so one more thing. What about moisture levels? Does that matter at all when, you, when you're using weed begone? Do you need, does it need to go into a wet soil or moist soil, or do you water it in or any of that? Uh, I mean, you can put it on dry. Ideally, you know, the you know the instructions will recommend that it, I mean, it's, it you should put it on a, a moist a moist area, mm-hmm. uh, but it's not necessary uh, in that it's just a spot treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, just basically you spray it to the weeds wet, and then uh, allow it to dry before you re-enter the area. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. I've got some violets that are taking over my lawn. <laughs> I would love to test this product. Well, to we'll see, make sure we we'll make sure you get can, on the uh, on, on that, the on the A list. On, exactly on the list. <laughs> That'd be great because you know I just that it, inventory flying off the shelves. I can see it. You know, people fighting over the, the bottles at Home Depot or or wherever. I guess it's at Lowe's. It's at Walmart. So it's at all kind of yeah, the all main, the major retailers, big are, uh, stores. Uh, you know, are, are carrying it. Um, Available in three sizes, so there's a small oh, okay. 709 mil size, there's a, a two-liter, and then a four-liter that has a, a detachable sprayer. Oh, uh, so in, for the larger areas, yeah. it's, Big it's pretty handy. Nice. Well, your R&D department must be really happy, and uh, hey, really good to talk to you again, Glenn. I appreciate you having me on. Thank hey, one shameless yep. plug here before I go. No problem. Um, <laughs> we have a garden down at the sea, and then, you know, it's for, for just... Uh, to give you, you some credit here, Charlie, mm-hmm. uh, Scott's has a, a sort of an urban garden down at the CN Tower as you enter along by Blue Jay Way there mm-hmm. called the Eco Garden, which is a an example of sort of an urban sustainable garden that is, you know, low water, low maintenance. Uh, we're just, re, you know, Charlie did the initial design mm-hmm. uh, when we first launched it. Amazing Two response. Years ago, yeah. And we're in the process of uh, revamping it, so it's going to have mm-hmm. a whole new look. And yeah. uh, just want, I wasn't there with you this week, but I want to thank you, Charlie, for your efforts in, in helping us uh, maintain this and bring a new look to the garden uh, 
coming up for this season. Oh, my pleasure. And it's actually, it's a very cool garden. You're right. It's it's native plant material where possible. It's bird and, you know, pollinator friendly. Mm-hmm. And that's in honor of the hun- day of the honeybee. And it's uh, colorful throughout the seasons. Very low maintenance, as you point out. And it's in a super hot windy spot so it's all chosen for drought tolerance as well so yeah it's been a lot there was a lot of criteria on that garden and it's looked pretty good in the last two years until there was some changes done by the cn tower which means we're going to do some changes as well pretty exciting thank you very much glenn well thanks for having me on and uh Enjoy. Hopefully everyone has a good uh, weekend of uh, out in the garden. Exactly. And you, uh, you keep too. cool this weekend. You going to the cottage? Uh, no, uh, off to soccer. Uh, I was going to say, <laughs> okay. it must be soccer time. Yeah, it got to be soccer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks again, Glenn. Thanks, guys. Talk to you. Southern Ontario, Western New York, wherever you're tuning in, this is your place for everything garden. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, makers of Turf Builder Easy Seed. AM 740, Zuma Radio, Frank Proctor here, uh, the sous chef of the garden, saying good morning to Fran in Oakville. Hi. Hello, Fran. How are you? Great. How are you? Fine. Um, I'd like to know what would cause ferns to wilt? Lack of water. Lack of water. Or or suddenly uh, uh, a lot of sun, like sunburn. Oh, oh, because it happened within the last couple of days so would it have been because it had no water before that uh, it could be did any is it trees that shade the ferns or is it buildings that shade the ferns uh, trees was any trimming done on the trees in the last week or so mm, no i'm calling for a friend so she, okay i gave her some ferns yeah. and my mm. ferns are fine yeah, they're under a tree and nothing's happened to them but hers are all you know wilted and looking quite when, poorly when did she plant them Oh, they've been there for over a year. Okay. So likely what it, two things. One is it could be that there's just, yours are older. They have a deeper root, more established root system. Mm-hmm. Hers, you know, a year sounds like a long time, but really from a fern's perspective, that's not a lot of root to truly be able to be finding the soil moisture. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they can't just sort of grow roots in an instant. So it's mm-hmm. a process to get those roots out there. And that's one of the things when we first plant any new plant into our garden, mm-hmm. we always say the first season is the most important season because mm-hmm. you want to do everything in your power to help that plant get the biggest root system it can possibly get to be able to withstand drought in the future. Yeah. So probably that's what's happened. It's just it's a case water. of... Oh, she thought she maybe she was overwatering them. <laughs> um, it's a possibility. I mean, if, if she's got like a real heavy clay soil and it's really holding the water and it's turning into a swamp, yeah, yeah that's yeah. not good either. But, so what um, could she do? Would they? you think they'd survive uh, They'll probably, because remember, what you're seeing above ground there, those fronds, mm-hmm. there's a lot more to a fern than just those fronds that stick up above ground. So so what I would suggest she does is, perhaps you're right, I mean, overwatering is an option as well, mm-hmm. or suddenly uh, some trimming to the trees around has opened up to a lot of sun. Yeah, and those yeah. are the real things that burn. Or should uh, the should the fronds be trimmed back? Or yes, not? as they turn completely yellow, she'll want to remove them, but allow them to, to yellow right down uh-huh. because they are photosynthesizing as long as they have some green in them. Oh, I see. Okay, and and you know, water as necessary, water uh-huh. deeply, do not water lightly. Uh-huh. None of this little shower on the plants. It's bathe them or don't water at all. Oh, oh so okay. put maybe water them 
from the roots then. Exactly. A, a very slow trickle is the best way to water uh, any of our plants, but certainly our ferns love a slow trickle for an hour or so. Uh-huh. None of this five-minute splish splash and you're done because oh, all okay. you've done is wash the, the dust off, and that's yeah. not doing the so roots any favors. For, okay, for an hour, and then what? Le- every, every day? Or no, every no, every three or four days if it's hot. Three. Okay, fine. Okay. Good, thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, Fred. 9.45 here at AM 740, the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show, as we take a trip to, let's see, oh, all the way out to St. Catharines. Yes, Eileen, how are you? I'm fine, thank you, Frank. Morning, Eileen. Good morning, Charlie. First of all, uh, I used, we'd be gone, I got it last weekend, used it, and it works great. Oh, well, there, there you go. go. There's an anecdote. I hope uh, Glenn's My husband in. is <laughs> on his way out to buy turf builder to fertilize the lawn. <laughs> We swear by Scott. He swears by Scott. The Scott's family, yes. And I have a problem with my rhododendron. All right, what's going on with the rhodos? It's, um, the best of my knowledge, it's between 15 and 20 years old. Mm. And every year I have, oh, 50 to 100 massive blooms on it. Wow. It looks pink, and then when it flowers right up, it's white. Mm -hmm. This year I have five blooms on it. You know what? I bet you that's because of the kind of winter we had. Well, I'll tell you something else I did last year. I mulched it. I put mulch down. I'm not a mulch person, Mm -hmm. but I decided I was going to mulch this particular flower bed. Mm -hmm. And I know they have very shallow roots. Mm -hmm. And I'm wondering if that was the problem. How How deep was the mulch when you put it on? Lord, I don't know. Like t- two, three inches, four inches? Oh, no, not four. Okay. Um, maybe maybe two, maybe okay. yeah, maybe around two. And the mulch you used was the crushed bark? Yes. Okay, and that was laid all the way around. Now, had you fertilized the rhododendron last year at all? I had, and what I, I pulled the, the mulch back, put the fertilizer down, and then pushed the mulch back. That's okay. No, that's Back fine. on it again, because I didn't know if it would go through the no. mulch. Oh, no, definitely. Doing that was better than putting the fertilizer on top of the mulch. Okay. If you fertilize the mulch, all you're going to do is speed up the decomposition of the mulch. Oh, okay. Because you'll feed the microorganisms that will chew up the mulch for you. So you're absolutely right. No, the fertilizer needs to be as close to the roots as possible to get to the plants. And it says not to, to disturb the roots. Right. This is what made me think that yeah. maybe it was um, the mulch, because it said, don't work it in. Mm-hmm. Because you'll disturb the roots. So I right. just left it. Yep, right on the surface. That's fine. Um, the one trick with mulch is, and I, I am a huge fan of mulch. I, it's a wonderful way to help save yeah, water. But I love to get in there and my hands in the soil and... You can't do that if you mulch it. Oh, sure you can. You do what you... Just move the mulch out of the way <laughs> and then put it back. But what I was going to say, the one thing is with mulch, try and not ever have the mulch touch the stems of the plants. Oh. You always want to keep it back eh, an inch or so from the stems, whether it's rhododendrons or, you know, shasta daisies. We try, okay. The mulch just goes on the soil surface and doesn't actually... We try to just put it down in such a way that it doesn't actually touch the plants. Oh. Okay. Now, when you the one question I have is you did no pruning or anything on the roto no. last year. Now, last no. fall, as you know, we had lots of rain, and obviously you had probably had lots of good growth on the roto through the summer right. and fall. Then, as winter was coming, how many buds were showing on that plant? You know, I honestly couldn't tell you. But it would I would think it's comparable to the number of flowers that actually bloomed, like which yeah, you said it was I, many. I, I don't. I really didn't pay much attention. I don't think. 
because the, the way rhodos work is that all the um, uh, buds are formed in the fall, and then the winter goes by, and assuming that the, the buds survive the winter, then they all pop open in the spring. Well, I, after it flowers, I go out and I very delicately cut off the old bloom, you know, mm-hmm. right where mm-hmm. you're supposed to. Yes. Takes me forever. Yes. Um, not this year. <laughs> no, no, not this year. <laughs> but, you know, I, I honestly can't tell you how many I saw last year. I'm not really aware that it was any different. Okay, but when you were taking off the flowers from the winter of '09, you would have been taking those off in last spring. Right. And then, again, through the summer, the green leaves grow, and then by fall, the buds have formed. That's right. And then winter comes, and as I say, they should... Buds should open in the spring. I have a feeling that, just keep in mind, it was not a great winter. Uh Even though it was mild, and we say to ourselves, oh, a mild winter, the garden plants should love that. The garden plants didn't really love that because it was so little snow. And that lack of insulating snow meant the plants were very uh, exposed to cold and warm extremes. And that's exactly what they don't like. Garden plants do not like big temperature fluctuations. No. Freeze them down really and keep don't them frozen. Think it was the mulch over the, the no, roots? I don't think so. No, and I think the the fertilizing is very important. You absolutely have to do that in the spring. Nothing wrong with mulch. Just as I say, don't let it touch the plants. And um, and then the trick, of course, is hope for winters where we get three or four feet of snow and our plants survive way better. Oh, okay. That's my feeling. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, we'll hope for next year. I didn't know um, 15 to 20 years isn't too old, is it? I mean, it's it wouldn't am- need to be taken out. No, no, no. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's great. Be happy. Because yeah. what you have is, by the sounds of it, is a roto that's doing very, very well in Ontario, which is not an easy place to grow rhododendrons. Yeah. You know, it's usually more the, the, the British Columbia gardens that have right. the rhododendron hedges and monster big plants. So, no, be happy with what you've got and just well, keep looking is, after it. Well, this is in a perfect spot. It's just... Sounds like it. And it's been beautiful, but as I say, five blooms this year is a bit oh, well. of a disappointment. Oh, well, it'll be quicker for deadheading anyway. As Bobby McFerrin would say, don't worry, be happy. Yes, right? exactly. Yes, indeed. Well, uh, 9.51 already, my goodness. Okay, so let me yeah. tell you about right. one of the best gardening tools I've discovered. And it's one you won't find in a tool shed. <laughs> Sorry. It's an all-natural mineral supplement called Sierrasil Joint Formula 14. Sierrasil addresses the aches and stiffness associated with a day in the garden and with all kinds of active lifestyles, like yours with all your pumping of iron and kickboxing. (laughs) Well, why is it called Joint Formula 14? Because almost everyone who uses Sierrasil notices a remarkable reduction in joint pain in 14 days or less. So I can tell you from personal family experience that Sierra Sierra Sill really works. Uh, Live pain-free. Order Sierra Sill Joint Formula 14 now by calling 1-877-JOINT-14. That's 877-JOINT-14. Or ask for the green and white Sierra Sill bottle at leading natural health retailers. When you have a growing concern, ask the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, sponsored by Scott's, makers of Scott's Wild Bird Food. And it's Frank Proctor here. Uh, always a delight to sit next door to Charlie and uh, listen in on the phone calls and the advice. Some great calls this morning, yeah, by the no way. Yeah, no kidding. Let's see what's on uh, Doreen's mind. She's calling in from Bowmanville. Good morning, Doreen. Hello. Good morning. <clears throat> Good morning. Hi, Charlie. I have 
three blue spruce in my front garden. Mm-hmm. And I, I had them planted two years ago. Mm-hmm. Now, they're getting very wide, starting to touch one another. Can <laughs> I trim them back? No, you should probably remove two of them. I won't be able to. Why? Because you have to get someone in to do it. They come and plant them in by crane. Oh, you got really oh, big. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. so recognize, I'm, I'm not sure what size they are now or how Five big. Feet. Five feet wide. Last year I went back to the the, the nursery who came and put them in. And he said I could cut off the tops then. That was last year. But now it's the sides are growing. They're they're absolutely beautiful. And they're growing so, and they're touching one another. You know, the leaves, the branches. Okay, so clarify for me that these are uh, pyramidal blue spruce, the kind that grow like a little Christmas tree? Yes. I say little. Uh, Those little Christmas trees full-grown are approximately 40 feet tall by 20 feet wide Mm -hmm. in 25 years. So if you cut the top off that little Christmas tree shape, you lose that pointy leader uh, terminal bud, and you cause the plant to be flat-topped and wider. Yet this is what's happening. Now, I don't want them to grow high. Where I have them, I want them to stay the way they are like five feet tall yeah and he did tell me just he told me to do it in june okay are they regular blue spruces or were they a dwarf variety do you know no i think they're just regular i just went to a a a field and the the farmer was there and he digs them up because it's got to be done by crane and they put the hole in the in my garden and they plant them in okay and but they're beautiful but they are touching one another I don't want. I don't want that. Okay, so if you ever want to trim blue spruce mm-hmm. because they're getting too big or too unwieldy, the time to prune them is actually now. I can do it now. Yes, where that new bright, bright turquoise tips are growing. Yes, those can be removed, mm-hmm. and you can even remove back from those new tips to where you see a little overlapping. It's a bit hard to explain on the radio, but going up the the branch, you will see a little top growth, little tiny new buds. Uh, you can go right up to that point so on any one branch you can remove as much as three or four inches if you need to oh that's but that's going to be an ongoing thing for you to do absolutely every single it spring you, you see we have a, a patio and my husband and i were seniors and we sit out there mm-hmm. and it gives you that pride sure and it's very pretty blue spruces oh, are so popular everybody loves the color yeah. and they're soft well now's the if you're going to prune it all now's the time to do it now's the time to do it yeah Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. And good luck Thank with you. that. Yeah, that interesting call. Blue spruce, I never thought anybody would cut the top of them. I love them when they shoot up to about 40 feet, huh? Yeah, that is pretty much how But they for her purposes, I guess she just wants it squat and, and wide. Yeah, but that's going to be a lot of work. That's, yeah. the, you know, for every spring, she's going to be out there doing some serious <laughs> cutting back on those, I'm afraid to say. Do you know, it just dawned on mm. me, there might be folks just tuning in right now saying, oh, Missed part of the show. Yeah. What what were they talking about? Yeah, sounds fascinating. And that that guy sounds so handsome. But, (laughs) uh, no, if if you want to pick up on any past shows, what you do is... even this show. Well, even this show, yes. Once it's posted. Okay, that'll probably be Monday, Tuesday, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Go to iTunes. Dot com. 
Exactly. And then search uh, AM, AM 740, and there you'll see The Garden Show. And they, uh, we are podcast, and yeah. they are all archived by date. So mm-hmm. you just look up the date of today if you've missed part of the show, and you can listen back if you missed anything and make notes and all that sort of stuff. Email and, and laugh at us. Of course, we're always happy to receive email. <laughs> my email is my first initial C, last name Dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at AM 740. Dot ca. And Charlie likes to receive little uh, notes via email, and you can uh, tell some, tell her some of your experiences or ask questions. Sure. Some I'm, folks are shy about going on the radio. You know? Well, yeah. I had a good one this week where the photograph, um, a woman was asking for identification of a plant, and it's pretty hard on the radio to yeah. identify a plant. Yeah. So she took a couple of photos and emailed me the photos and said, do you have any idea what this is? Which... I'm proud to say I, I sent it all back to her, and I won't, you know, d- didn't even print it off to put it on the radio because there was no point. But sometimes that happens, right? Unidentified bug, unidentified, mm-hmm. you know, is this a weed? It's a lot of what I do in my consulting business. I go into people's properties or onto their properties and visit their gardens and identify what's a weed and what's a keeper and when to prune and when to fertilize and, and how to restructure or, or rejuvenate and renovate gardens. Exactly. A lot of and and congratulations again on doing the neat work around the CN Garden. Th- uh, CN, CN Tower. Tower, thank you. That is a, that's a fun project, actually. There's thousands of people go by every day, right? Like, you just talk with all kinds of people. They just start, start chatting, going, so what's going on here? How come you people are gardening here? So you're chatting with the world as they're going by, and, you know, you're sweating and covered in dirt and everything else. Um, yesterday, I was in a retirement residence. I don't always do this, but I kind of get arm-twisted into certain projects. <laughs> so I was at a retirement residence in Thornhill doing a renovation of their existing 25-year-old gardens with volunteers from the retirement residence and oh. the volunteer board. So they were all volunteers. It was very cute. I mean, they're all keen and ready to do stuff, but it was so hot. And they were just, you know, wilting in the heat and, you know, having to sit down about every, you know, 37 seconds to yeah, catch their yeah. breath. But it was, we got a lot done. It was amazing what we got done. And it was quite the quite the project, quite a little team. So that was fun. And that was at Answell Court Retirement Residence. So big shout out to all the, the gang that helped yesterday. We had a good time. I'm uh, getting a nudge in the ribs from Bob Shepard, our news guy. He wants to get yeah. He on, wants to get on the air and tell them all about the news, you see. So, mm. oh, yeah, and the Whatever. gorgeous weather forecast. Yeah. <laughs> what? She, can't Come you see we're having fun here? What's yeah. going on? It's all about gardening. <laughs> Grace, thank you very much for all your work in there today. And, and uh, thank Charlie. Thank you, Frank. You're the best. Uh, well, doggone it. We play nothing but the best here. I was And including see. announcers, yes. yes. And you'll be on doing your show for the next yeah. few hours? Got a whole bunch of fascinating people and events to talk about With the live doors in the city. Open, Upcoming, yeah. yeah. Yep, good stuff. Well, enjoy your show. Enjoy your weekend. And thanks to all the great callers. See you next week. Righto. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.